Uh, Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here with the young people today. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, help them to uh, take heed to the simple thought this morning. And uh, Lord, not just for the young people, but for the, those of us that are older too, Lord, and how uh, important it is that we uh, stay true to you and your word. And Father, that we learn uh, the lessons that we can learn from the lives of people in the scriptures who, who struggled. And uh, Lord, help us to learn to live victorious. Thank you again for loving us. I pray that you'd help me to say only what you'd have me to and help me to be a blessing and help to the young people today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I wanna look at a famous Bible character, so a Bible character that all of you have heard about. You've, you've heard this story preached on many times before, but it is a, uh, the character Samson. So we're gonna turn in our Bibles to Judges chapter 13. Judges chapter 13, and uh, where it first begins, this, the uh, leading into the birth of Samson here. And um, we'll begin reading in uh, verse number two of chapter 13. It says this, and there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, behold now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing, for lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Now, it's saying that he would be a Nazarite, that was a vow that people, some Jewish people would take, and it was a vow unto God to be separated unto God, and uh, that they would not do certain things, that they wouldn't, uh, uh, they wouldn't touch any unclean thing, they wouldn't drink strong drink, they wouldn't uh, cut their hair, they wouldn't, they would, uh, um, and the other one was, um, I can't remember what the other one was, but anyways, <laughs> uh, these, these things that uh, uh, were part of that vow here. And I want you to notice that the Lord said this, the Lord said the child shall be, not, they didn't do it themselves, that God said this. And then it says in verse six, the woman came and told her husband saying, a man of God came unto me and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God, very terrible. And I asked him not whence he was, neither told he me his name, but he said unto me, behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son and now uh, drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing. Now notice she, she changed it just a little bit in what she expressed to him. It says, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. So it wasn't just a vow that was supposed to be for a short period of time or whatever. It was a vow that was supposed to be on his life, that he was supposed to live this way throughout his life until he died. Uh, we can look down a little bit further. Verse number 13 and 14 reiterated again. The angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, of all that I swear, or said unto the woman, let her beware, she may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither uh, let her drink of wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. So this is the angel telling them, make sure that you do this. Over in verse 24 and 25, it says, and the woman bare a son and called his name Samuel. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Estiel. So the Lord blessed him. God began to move in his life and everything. And I want to fast forward and look at chapter, uh, uh, verse, uh, chapter number 16 and uh, verse number 15. And this is the end of his life. And it says, and uh, this is about uh, Delilah, the woman that he uh, went after, fell in love with, a, a, a woman of the enemy, if you would. 
She said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? And thou hast mocked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass, when she pressed him daily with her words, and urged him, so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart, and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. And then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand, and she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. This is a sad, sad portion of this verse. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Uh, he was uh, abusing what God had given to him. And it goes on to tell us the very next verse, the Philistines took him and put his eyes out, brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters and of brass. And he did grind in the prison house. If we look down a little bit further, it shows us the end of Samson. It says in verse 28, and Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be at once uh, avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up of the uh, one with his right hand and the other with his left hand. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. Uh, so the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Um, then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him. Uh, we look at the life of Samson and um, I don't know about you, but many times we, we hear the story of Samson and we think about this strong, big, strong, mighty guy and everything. And, and we think about God being on his life and everything. And, but do we think of the other side of the story? You say, what do you mean the other side of the story? I mean, what do you think was going through Samson's life at the end of his life? Man, it started out so good. He was blessed. The spirit of God was on him. And then when he comes down to the end of his life, he has no eyes uh, and he's just praying uh, for God to let him die with the Philistines. Well, I, I, I believe with all my heart, none of us know exactly what was going through his mind, but I can promise you there's one thing that was going through his mind. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. What was going through his mind for sure was the regrets that he had. There was a lot of regrets in Samson's life, I promise you, because of the way that situation fell out. Samson died a young man. He wasn't an old man. And, and God wanted to use him. God had a plan for his life and he wanted to use his life. But Samson continued to make poor decisions and brought him down to a very young death. He died when he was young and um, his life uh, did, never fulfilled and accomplished everything that God wanted him to. You say, well, wait a minute. He, he, he was used of God to kill all those Philistines and everything. Do you think that that's really what God had planned from the very beginning? I think God had a lifelong dream for him that he wanted him to fulfill. And, um, and I'm sure Samson was regretting being in the situation that he was in and uh, what he had done and what he had failed to do that brought him to this place. I want to speak about this topic, how to keep from having a life of regret. How to keep from having a life of regret. As young people right now, I know you're not thinking a lot about that right now. 
you're just thinking about life and you got all these years ahead of you and you got all this. But if you're not careful, the things, the decisions that you make right now can lead you to a place where you're going to end up with a life that's been filled with regret, even if you only live a certain short period of time. I can tell story after story after story of people I know whose life ended at a young age and at the end of their life, they had a, just a, a, a ton of regret in their life for what happened. I hold in my hand a brochure. <clears throat> it's a picture of my sister. I just came back from the funeral of my sister and I preached her funeral. We buried her. She was only 62 years old. Now, you may think that's really old. Come on, Miss Dunfield, that ain't old at all, is it? <laughs> 62 years is not old at all. Um, but tell you a little bit about my sister. She, uh, she was saved when she was young. She, she made a profession when, uh, when she was really young, but then when she was a teenager, she uh, got assurance of her salvation at an old, you, young people wouldn't know this, but what they called a Youth for Christ meeting. And you, you know what I'm talking about. And she made uh, uh, assurance of her salvation. She got involved in a church that uh, was there close by. We lived, in, I've shared my testimony here before, we lived in a very dysfunctional home, a very abusive father. And um, her and my sister would go faithfully to church, even though my dad would get on them about doing that. I, I, start, I went with them for a little while, and then I just kind of stayed back because he was just so... Uh, upset about it all and so they, but they would go and they got involved in the, the youth group there in the church that they were in uh, they had a tremendous choir youth choir and they'd do a little bit like what uh, preachers done with the college and they would travel from church to church as a youth choir and sing in churches all over uh, the the choir up at uh, grace uh, the church i was in before i came here they had a huge youth choir and they would travel around to different churches and sing and everything so she i mean she had given her life to the Lord to, to be what the Lord wanted her to be and everything and, um, and to try to uh, live for God. And uh, then she started, as she got a little bit older, started having some ups and downs and everything. And she started making some poor decisions. And um, one poor decision compounded another poor decision and another poor decision and another poor decision. And, and before you know it, the last part of her life, she was a total different person. A total different person. We're still waiting on um, the reports to come back from the autopsy and all that stuff, and but they believe that uh, they believe that she died of an overdose to have taken too many medications. Not a overdose intentional, but just being involved in taking things that she shouldn't take. Now, how in the world do you get from there to there? Well, I don't. I know some of the things in my sister's life which brought her there, but I, I want to just look at Samson here for just a moment and um, at the, what I believe are the three things that he failed to do which caused him to end up with a life filled with regret. And by the way, not only did he live with regret, he died with regret. And so uh, hopefully if you just t take heed to these three things, it may save you from a life of heartache and a life of despair and a life of regret. The first one is simply this. He failed to honor his parents. He failed to honor his parents. I'm going to tell you, if you don't honor your parents, God's going to hold that against you. Uh, I remember the story, the testimony of um, um, Oliver B. Green. And Oliver B. Green was a great preacher. And, uh, but he, when he was a young person, he was a rebel. And um, 
He uh, turned against his parents. He, he uh, treated them terrible. He, he, he left home when he was young. He went out on the streets living on his own and everything. But when he got saved and he looked back at it, he said, you know what? He said, um, God is not a liar. And God's command in his word is that we honor our parents. And he said, I didn't honor my parents. And he said, therefore, the, the promise is if you honor them, you'll have a long life. And because I didn't, I'm not going to have a long life. And, he, and everybody would think about Oliver B. Green. Man, God's going to live a long time. God's going to use his life. God's gonna, he died at 60 years of age of a massive heart attack. Why? He, he proclaimed it himself. I was disobedient to God's word. I dishonored my parents. And God's word is true. Well, what are you saying? I'm saying Samson did the same thing. He failed to honor his parents. And because of that, he ended up in a life of regret and a life of despair and a life that was taken, I believe, short of what God wanted. Look at uh, chapter 13 again in verse number, uh, uh, well, just look at verse number four. Now, the, the angel is speaking to, to his mother here and telling her that she was going to have this child. But notice what he said to her. Now, therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Uh, we could go on and look down at verse number seven again. At the end of it, it says... Uh, um, or at the beginning it says, but he said unto me, behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son and now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing. And uh, same thing it says down there in verse number 14. Well, what are you saying? His mother and father prepared their life to help him to live the kind of life that God wanted him to live. You know, you all are in church and, and your parents have you in church. And, and uh, I know the um, majority of all of your parents and I know them pretty good. And uh, they love God and, and they're doing, they've done what they can do to try to get you in a place where you can be blessed of God. And uh, they're trying to, they, they tried to honor God with their lives so that you could honor God with your life. Now, when you choose not to, when you choose not to honor your parents or you choose to go against your parents, you're going against all the time, all the effort, what they have put into your life to, to the Lord so that you could turn out to be what God wanted you to be. That's dishonoring, and, and he dishonored them in so many different ways. If we look over in chapter 14, think about this. It says, and Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And, and he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Wait a minute, he's supposed to be fighting against the Philistines. But I, I've seen this, this girl here. And now therefore uh, get her to, for me to wife. And then his father and his mother said unto him, is there a, never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a, a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. What was he doing here? I want what I want. I don't care what you and mom think. I want this girl. Go get her and bring her to me. Um, when we go against the things that our parents, the wishes of our parents and what they're trying to do for us. There, there's not a one of your parents that are trying to do something to, to hurt you, to harm you, to make your life miserable. I think mean, so many times as teenagers, you think that. You think, well, they're trying to make my life miserable. They don't want me to do this. They don't want, they don't want to let me do this. They won't let me. It, they're, well, they're doing what they're doing because they're trying to steer you in the right direction. They're trying to help you to be able to make it and live your life for God the way that they 
that God has planned. God gave you life for a purpose, and it's to live it for him, not to live it for yourself. But Samson right here is living for himself. He says, she pleaseth me well. I don't care what you and mom, mom and dad think. Go get her. Bring her to me. And again and again throughout this, we could go through different passages here through this, but so many times, Samson was so dishonoring to his parents. I can think of people uh, that some of us know who were totally dishonoring to their parents. And I guarantee you, some of them right now are living a life of regret. Some of them's parents have passed on. Don't tell me they're not living a life of regret for the way they treated their parents and what, what they did. You know, something about that, it's, it's really hard to erase regret. You can't take it away. Once it's there, it's, it's there. It'll hound at you, it'll eat at you like a cancer. So don't put yourself in the position where you live a life of regret. What are you saying, Brother Martin? I'm saying honor your parents. Honor your parents with your life. Uh, we had a, um, I had a niece. Uh, it was, uh, okay, the daughter of my, my wife's brother. Um, she, uh, she was in her early 20s at the time. Um, she was living at home with her dad, going to college, and she met a guy at the church that they were going to, and um, she really liked this guy, and uh, she wanted to uh, she wanted to date this guy, and and uh, her dad didn't want her to do it. Was well, she gave her heart more and more to this guy, and um, just communicating with him and talking with him and everything, and it was just a bad situation for for the dad to look at. This man had been divorced and he had children and. Um, and, and she's a young girl, and he just didn't want her to get into that situation. So um, she, uh, she was wrestling with him about it, and, and I loved her to death. Her name's Amy, and uh, Amy actually has passed away. She had a heart condition. She passed away young, was 27 years old. But at that point in her life, um, she knew I was real close to her, and, she, and he said, why don't you just go talk to your Uncle Danny about it? Why don't you see what he says about it? And uh, she said, okay. So she came to talk to me about it. And she said, now, Uncle Danny, she said, now the Bible says, uh, you know, that we're supposed to obey our parents. I understand that. But where does that end? And I said, what do you mean? She said, when, when, do I, when am I not obligated to that? And I said, well, the, the truth is when you, when you get to the place where you leave the home or whatever, it, it may not be that you are obligated. If you're not living under the roof and not living obligated to to the thing about obedience, but you are obligated to honor them. It never says in the Bible where you can stop honoring your parents. And that honor of your parents, by the way, includes obedience, as best you can to be obedient. And I said, your father has a, has a lot of reservations about this for a good reason. He wants the best for you. He wants a good life for you. He doesn't want you to get, but I just don't see why I have to obey what he said. I said, you don't have to, but if you don't obey what he says or don't honor what he's doing, God's not going to bless your life. You got the choice to make. You can say, I'm not going to obey them. I'm not going to listen to them, but you're going to end up down the road with some regrets in your life if that's the choice that you make. And by the way, she she, after I talked with her and spent some time with her and everything, she stopped and she broke it off and everything. And um, she never did end up getting married. But I'm telling you, when she died, she died at 27 years of age, died young. But she didn't have any regrets about that. Why? Because she listened and she took heed to and she honored 
the wishes of her father. Even though she didn't get married, even though she, she still did what was right and she could die with peace in her heart that she did the right thing. What are you saying? If you want to end up in a, in a situation at the end of your life where you can look back and say, I don't have any regrets, the first thing, you better honor your parents. The second thing is that Samson failed to honor God in his life. Um, when we think about it in Judges chapter 13, um, at the end there in verse number 24, and the woman bare a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew and the Lord blessed him. I mean, God started blessing him from the time of his birth. God started pouring blessings into his life. And, and in verse 25, and the spirit of the Lord began to move at times in the camp of Dan between Esau and Esther. So the spirit of God was moving in his life too. He was blessing him. He was moving in his life and he was using him. But Samson failed to honor God with his life. You say, well, what do you mean? He was, God, was using, yeah, God was using him, but Samson's heart was not with God. He was not totally sold out to the Lord. He lived a life of sin. He lived a life with much sin that, that caused him a lot of heartache. Um, his, his life was to be, uh, God blessed Samson and his life was to be separated uh, as his parents' life was, but he, he failed to separate from the world. He got involved with the world and the cares of the world. Remember all that preacher has been preaching these last few weeks? If you've been listening to anything that he's been preaching, I mean, this last Sunday school was on holiness and about how important it is that we live holy lives and, and being a clean vessel. He's talked about the cups and, you know, putting cups away and using cups and all. What, you look for a clean cup and you look for what somebody that's, that's yielded their self to not live in sin and not be dirty and not be, but Samson didn't do that. He did not honor God with his life. Samson wrapped his life up in, in uh, uh, submitting, to, not submitting to God, but living to enjoy the pleasures of the world. And so many young people start a life that way. And then here's what happens. Before you realize that you're so caught up in it, you can't break it. And then the things snowball and get worse and worse and worse. And then you start having all these regrets so many people, they can't get over the things that they've done. That's the way my sister lived. That's the way she ended out her life. She had so many regrets, she couldn't get over all those regrets because of making those poor decisions and not living for the Lord continually. She started out good, she started out right, but she didn't end up that way. Um, we just read uh, chapter 14, verse one through three, and then uh, uh, verse six and seven says, and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him there. And um, in chapter 16, uh, it says the same thing, and uh, that uh, the Spirit of God came upon him, and God was trying to use his life. But, um, but he gave in to sinful pleasures. Chapter 16, verse 1, then went Samson to Gaza and saw there an harlot and went in unto her. What? A harlot? Samson, you're supposed to be dedicated unto the Lord. Why are you doing these things? because he was seeking after the pleasures of the world and the pleasures of the flesh. Remember, God warns us in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 to 17, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Man, for all that is of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. What are you talking about? Man, we, we shouldn't get caught up in the things of this world. We're so consumed in it. I, I was uh, talking to the college yesterday and it's so often that this is the, the problem that we have in our churches today. Why we don't see revival. Why young people end up with their lives in despair and, and a mess. Why? The pleasures of the world. We wrap our life up in it. 
That's what Samson did. He didn't honor God with his life. He got involved with the sin of the world and it just took him down a continual snowball. So many young people get sidetracked by the world, the sin and the lusts of it, and they fail to honor God with their life and and all the regrets down the road. I can think of many young people that sat where you sit in a Christian school, raised in a good home, and when they get a little bit older, the seeds already of rebellion begin in their life and they get a little bit older and they get the opportunity, then they get away from mom and dad and they get away from, uh, they don't honor the mom and dad. They don't honor even what they've been raised under. Um, I, I just, okay, here's a for instance. I'm a, those of you that know me know I love sports. I'm a sports nut. Okay, Aaron Rodgers, football player, great quarterback for Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers was raised in a good Christian home in Southern California. He was in church every Sunday. Now today he'll tell you he's an atheist. Today he has no relationship with his parents at all. He's at odds with his parents. Doesn't even want to talk and communicate with them. Talks very demeaning about God. Says, I don't believe in a God that would send people to hell. Tell me you got to be saved to be able to go to heaven. And I mean, he mocks it all. He was raised in a good, good Christian home with values. With, but along the pathway, he decided to do what his heart told him or what his flesh was telling him. And I'm going to tell you one day, one day he'll cry out and recognize the God that he's denying right now. But he began a, a pathway to get away from his parents to get away from God and now he's living an atheist life. What a sad, sad story. There's a young man that went to our Bible college. He got saved when he was a teenager, went to the Christian school where he was at, came to Bible college. Was uh, He was a very intense young man. It's <laughs> the best way I could put it. I mean, uh, I, I know he loved God, but... Um, uh, he, he was 100% in everything that he did, but he got sidetracked. And I'll tell you why he got, he got sidetracked, because of a girl and because of the, the lust that he had in his heart toward this young lady. And um, she broke the thing off. And when she broke off this uh, relationship, uh, he just turned wild against everything. He turned against his parents. He turned against his preacher. He turned against... Uh, God and the things of God. He, he went out and he started drinking and partying and everything. And he's still living that life today. I've got a letter. I, I, I was going to try to find it to read it to you. And it was a letter of when he had first been in the college for a short time. And I was coming to preach at his church. And he was talking about how he loved the Lord and how the impact that I'd had in his life. And he hoped that one day maybe uh, I would be able to come and preach for him at his church when he became a pastor. And now he lives a wicked life of despair. Doesn't have much relationship with his parents. Has no relationship with God right now. I mean, other than he believes in God, but he doesn't, he doesn't worship or serve God. What are you saying? Don't end up in a position where you're going to have so many regrets in your life. It's a miserable place to be. Samson ended up there. Why? Because he failed to honor his parents with his life. Secondly, because he failed to honor uh, God with his life. And then one step further on the third point is simply this. 
he failed to honor God's call on his life. God put a call on his life. God wanted him to fulfill something. And in, in back there in chapter 13 where it first begins, again, it says in, in verse 5, for the, the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. Uh, I, this is unto God. This is not something that his mom and dad said. This is something that the angel of the Lord said. I've got a call on his life right now. We know many times throughout the scriptures it tells us that God, call, God called Jeremiah in the womb before he ever was born. And God has a call. That just simply shows me that God has a call and a purpose for every one of our lives. Every one of us. And he wants us to fulfill what his call is. And, and the best way to put that is his plan or his will for our life. He wants us to follow what his plan and his will is. It tells us again in verse 7 uh, where she uh, was telling her husband, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Why? Because God said that he would, he would uh, in, uh, back in verse 5, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. They were in bondage to the Philistines. The people were crying out to God. God was answering their prayer. Through the life of this young man, Samson, if he would just yield to the call that God had on his life and fulfill the call that God had on his life, that Samson could have delivered them completely from the Philistines. He began, but he didn't deliver them completely from the Philistines. Why? Because he didn't follow the call that God had on his life. You know, you girls, each one of you, God has a specific, perfect plan for your life. And it's your choice whether you're going to yield to that or whether you're going to choose to do what you want to do. You young men that sit behind them, same thing. God has a specific, perfect plan for your life. He, he knows what's going to make you happy. We, we think, oh, I know what's going to make me happy. No, you don't. God's your creator. God's the one who knows what will make you happy. And God wants to bring that to your life if you'll simply yield to what he has for you. Yield yourself to his plan rather than your plan. Some young people will say, oh, I want to do this. I want to be, hey, when I, was, when I was young, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. That was my goal. That was my dream. That was, nobody ever asked me, what does God want for your life? Because I didn't ask God what he wanted. This is what I wanted. And I headed down that pathway. And I was a pretty good ball player. And I was close to getting into college and playing, playing college ball. And you know what happened? God caused something to happen in my life where I ended up with a blood clot in my leg and uh, almost died from it. And I missed an entire baseball season. And it threw, threw my life and it, it turned it upside down from what I wanted. I thank God that he did that. Why? Because he put me on the pathway to doing what he wanted for my life. Don't follow your plan. Follow God's plan for your life. It's always the best plan. God knows what will make you happy. God knows what will bring joy to you. And he knows what he's trying to do with your life. There's people that you'll reach that nobody else will reach. There's things that God has in his master plan that only you can accomplish. If you miss out on it, then you break up the plan that God had, and he'll end up using somebody else. We know that from the scriptures. You know, uh, Mordecai, I told Esther, you know, uh, you're here for such a time as this, that you think you're going to get by with this, you know, God will raise somebody else up. And God will raise somebody else up. But why not let him use your life? Why not let him use you so that by the end of your life, you can look back and say, no regrets. No regrets. My dear friend, 
and a preacher that's probably had impact in all of your lives lays in a hospital bed this morning with probably 24 to 48 hours to live. He's been a good friend for 25 years. I preach for him many years. I preach revival for him every year. We've done a lot of things together. We've spent a lot of time together. I'm going to tell you something about the life of Ted Houston. As he lays in the state that he's in and about ready to meet his maker. Oh, sure, there's some things that he'll look back and say, you know, I wished I would have or I wished I... But I'm going to tell you what, he can look back over his life and say, God, I tried to do everything that you wanted me to do. I tried to fulfill what you wanted. And I promise you, he'll hear very soon, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'd rather end up life there than my eyes gone, have, having some young person put my hands on some beams to try to push him out, to try to kill a few Philistines when God wanted to use my life to deliver us deliver our nation from the Philistines. It's your choice. But I'm promising you, if you don't take heed to the failures that Solomon had here, you'll end up with regret one day too. What do you mean? You better honor your parents. Number two, you better honor the Lord. And number three, you better honor the Lord's call for your life and what he has for you. Because if not, that's where you're going to end up. The life, when I think of Samson, I think of the life that could have been. But I hope it won't be said that way at the end of your life. The life that could have been. There was a young man that was at our church in Gaylord that um, for a while, his older brother went to the uh, public school and he went to public school as a real little child, but, but his brother, he was a standout athlete and um, he was a, uh, an all-state player and all that in football. And, but he gave his life to the Lord and he said, I don't, wanna, I don't want this anymore. I, I want to I go to Christian school. So he dropped out of the public school, came to the Christian school. Well, in doing so, his parents put all the other, uh, the other children, there was two other boys, put them all in the Christian school. This was the youngest boy of the three that I'm talking about. He, uh, you know, his brother grew up and, and graduated and, and he was in the Christian school, but he started getting the seeds of rebellion in his heart. I, I don't, why do I have to do this? Why, man, there's people, I'd like to be around those people in the school, the Christian school. I'd rather go there. Man, I want to play football like my brother did. And so he transferred, left the Christian school, went back to the public school. From that point on, his life began to snowball in a bad direction. He, uh, he would come to church sporadically every now and then. I mean, he was really involved in the youth group one time, but now it's all sporadic. He ended up graduating from the public school, and he was in between his graduation and starting his first year of college. And he set out that he was going to be a, uh, a uh, ball player. He wanted to be a college, well, he wanted to play pro football, but I don't know that he would ever made it there. He wasn't that good, but... He, he got a scholarship to play for uh, Central Michigan University. And so he started pumping weights and everything and just trying to get himself ready for that. His focus was there. He, was turned, he had turned very worldly, wasn't listening to his parents. Wasn't. They went to wake him up one morning to go to, to go to Sunday school. And he only went because they pressured him to. But, and they went in to wake him up. And he was dead in bed. 
18 years old. You know, they did an autopsy. They could not find out the exact results of what um, a definitive cause for the reason of his death. But I just wonder if it wasn't that God said, we're not going down that road. I think he was saved. I think at one time he had surrendered his life to serve the Lord. But he started down his own path. If he could stand before you right now, I'll promise you. His name was Kevin. I'll promise you Kevin would say, don't do it. Don't live that life of regret. Don't, don't get to the end of your life and be miserable. Don't look back over your life and say, what was my life worth? Man, just live it for the Lord. Please live it to please your parents. Live it to please your God. Live it to fulfill what God wants out of your life. Don't end up with a life of regret. Heads bowed and eyes closed.